0: I hope you've had an opportunity to get our CD, whether you've purchased it at church and it's available for purchase today or online at iTunes or anywhere that you can get it. I hope you've had an opportunity to get the CD, to listen to it, to grab hold of the songs that we're singing in our church. And uh, I just got to say this, I am so proud of our worship team uh, putting this together and doing a great job. Aren't you glad for what they did? Yes. I was so I was so proud of their work and the songs, and uh, I just wanted to highlight it with just a short sermon series here to just give a, a little bit of the meaning behind the music that we're singing and what you're hearing. Um, and I got to say this: I'm blessed, and, and I know you are. That our worship team writes things that are that are deep, that have rich meaning. That there's something to it. There's some substance to this. It's not just like looking for words that rhyme. You know what I'm saying? There's something here that is some theology. There's something here that draws you closer to God. And uh, recently I had an opportunity to have dinner with a guy that is in the music industry, well-known. I mean, known by all the major labels, and uh, he's a a guy that finds talent. And he said, I heard your CD, your previous one to this, to All in All. I heard that CD, and he said, I was just like, there's something here. And, And he said, I actually was thinking to myself, did we just find the, the next voice to the church in worship? Are, are these guys as legit as they sound? We've got to get to know them behind the scenes. Are they really who they appear to be on this CD? And so he got to know uh, Pastor Ryan, and he got to know Kirk, and he got to know some of the team, and he was just excited because he said, these guys are real. There's something here. They've been given a gift for the body of Christ and, uh, and as I'm having dinner with him and I'm talking with him, he says, hey, we want to take this national. And uh, we just believe that your church is a breath of fresh air. God's doing something special. There's an anointing there. There's an ability there that, that is, is permeating into a depth of worship that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And so uh, they just signed our group, uh, Ryan and Kirk and uh, a bunch of the team, to help out with a project that the General Council of the Assemblies of God is going to do in August. There'll be 25,000 people in attendance. Uh, It'll be uh, broadcast around the world on God TV. It'll be part of a a distribution globally, and uh, they've asked... Pastor Ryan to head that up and to lead that. And so it's kind of exciting to see what God's doing here. He's taking out there. Isn't that kind of cool? So, so be praying for our worship team uh, as they are used in that way. I mean, they just have so many gifts and talents, and it's neat to see that. Now, as I was listening to the CD, I got to tell you, it was hard to pick one song to talk about. Uh, You know, I got one week, and Pastor Darren had a week, and uh, I could have done every song in there, and they're all so great. But one that was really uh, working on me, it's the last song, and it's uh, To God Be the Glory. And we sang it in worship, and it just, it was hitting me, just just the depth of that phrase, to God be the glory. And and I just thought, I've got to do that one. And I guess mostly because it was something that God was working on me. But That song title has had a pretty good run with some other other artists. How many know what I'm talking about? Fanny Crosby wrote a song, To God Be the Glory. And for those of you that don't know, it goes kind of like this. It goes, To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. How many know that song? Yeah. Yeah, you're old. All right, you're old. All right. And then Andre Crouch did one, uh, To God Be the Glory, and he did it. He said, To God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory for the things he has done. How many know that I used to be a worship leader? Okay. Okay. But I'm not Andre Crouch, so we'll stop there. All right. But this song, it's to God be the glory. It's had a a couple other runs throughout history of the church. And now I think it's this song's turn to say to God be the glory. To God be the glory. And that's a great phrase. And we sing in there, the highest praise belongs to you. So let's look at the glory of God. And as we try to explain the glory of God today and understand this, let me just say this. Pastor John Piper is a brilliant theologian. He's in the Minneapolis area. Just a brilliant theologian and uh, as I was studying for the sermon, I was listening to some of the stuff that he did, and he said, you know, I'm gonna take an attempt and a stab at doing something that is impossible. He said, I'm gonna try to explain the glory of God the best that I can. I'm gonna take a, a stab at something that is absolutely impossible. And I thought, okay, this guy's brilliant. He's a theologian. He is so smart, and he's like, I'm gonna give a feeble attempt. So I just wanna let you know, like, John Piper is like way up here, theologian. Rob Ketterling is way down here. I'm going to give a very feeble attempt. When I go to meetings with great theologians, I remember that the Bible says, even a fool is thought to be wise if he keeps his mouth silent, okay? So I sit there with great theologians and I'm like, hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, so that's what I do, all right. So I'm going to give it a good attempt here and go for this and try to, to do this. Because the reason that he says it's so hard um, is that the word glory is much like the word beauty. It's hard to explain. It's not like the word basketball. If we had to explain what a basketball is, we could do that. We could say a basketball is uh, 9 to 10 inches in diameter. It's orange. It's usually made out of leather. It's uh, inflated. You bounce it in this game, and you can pass it, and you throw it through this hoop, which is called the basket. Thus, it's called a basketball. And when anyone would see an orange ball about that size that people are bouncing, they're like, oh, that must be a basketball, okay? But when you say beauty, you say, how do you describe beauty? how do you say what the word beauty means? You could say, well, that's, that's beautiful. You could put that sunset, that's, that's beauty. You could say that painting, that, that's beauty. Uh, some of you nudged your spouse, your beauty. Okay, you scored some points right there, all right? You know, it's hard to really say and describe beauty. And so glory would be in that same concept, that same thing of trying to understand what does it mean when we say uh, glory, that we say, to God be the glory. What do we mean by that? So I'm going to do a, my attempt at this and try to explain a word that we use. I mean, we read about it. We sing about it. We just did it. It's It's on the CD. It's there. So how are we going to understand this? When I was growing up, my pastor growing up, he, his favorite word was glory. I mean, we would be, you know, just saying like, hey, the youth group had, you know, 20 more people than last week. He'd just say, glory, you know. <laughs> I knew he meant like, that's positive or good news or I don't know, but I didn't really know what it meant. And even in his sermons, he'd just be like, glory, glory be, glory. you know. And he'd say it enough that I knew it was good, but I didn't know why he was saying it. (laughs) Maybe you feel that way even with hallelujah. You're like, hallelujah. I don't know what that means. All right. (laughs) Praise the Lord. That's what it means. All right. But glory, let's, let's look at this, and in order to understand the word glory, we've got to first understand the word holy. And Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, gives us a glimpse. Isaiah has a vision, he's taken up into heaven, and he says the angels and the cherubim and the seraphim, these heavenly creatures, are singing this, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, holy, they're saying this over and over and over again. They're saying, God is holy. What does the word holy mean? It means he's separated from the common. It means he's one of a kind. It means he's flawless. He's perfect. He's whole. He's of infinite value. And so the angels and the heavenly creatures are in heaven right now. And they are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're saying, there's nobody like you. You're flawless. You're perfect. You're amazing. You're whole. You're complete. You're everything. You're amazing. And they're saying that over and over again. And then they say, and the whole earth is full of your glory. So if, he's singing, if they're singing, he's holy in heaven, and we understand that he's set apart, he's whole, he's complete, he's perfect, he's flawless... What do we do with glory? The whole earth is full of His glory. The definition that would be used for glory is the beauty and greatness of God of all His combined perfections. Glory is any manifestation of God, anything that evidences His existence. I love this one. One theologian said, glory is God's supernatural signature. So the whole earth is full of God's supernatural signature. And when we see these things, we say, wow, you deserve the glory. When we see amazing things, it's his signature saying, I'm holy, I'm perfect, I'm awesome, I'm amazing, and the whole earth is full of everything that points to my holiness. Again, it's, it's hard for us to grasp and understand, but when you see it, you understand it. Everything points to how amazing God is. So what do we mean when we say, to God be the glory? We're singing it, we're saying it, we're saying, you're so amazing, you're so set apart, you're so perfect, you're whole, you're complete, and everything points to you, belongs to you, everything is created for you. All the honor, all the good, all the praise, everything goes to you, to God be the glory. It's not about us. It's about God because he's holy, he's perfect, he's amazing. Now, Paul gives us a a glimpse. The Apostle Paul gives us a glimpse in Romans 16, 27, and he ends Romans by by saying this. He says, to the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Now, I want to just help you understand this. There's two things to this. First of all, where it says, to the only wise God, be glory forever forever. The word, the, the word be is something we put in there so that we could help to understand and read it better. But the way Paul wrote it, he wrote it like this, to the only wise God, glory. Okay? He was saying, it's a fact. Everything on this earth, God, belongs to you, shows how great you are, fact. To the only wise God, Glory. But there's another part that's left here in this, to God be the glory, to God glory. It's we want the whole world to acknowledge this. We want the whole world, to the only wise God, join us in saying God deserves the glory. He deserves the praise. He's amazing. It's all about him. And so you and I are on mission, if you will, to say to the world, realize God gets the glory. God gets the praise. God gets the honor. It's all about him. Everything we do, our eating, our breathing, our sleeping, our accomplishments, all point to how great he is and not how great we are. A lot more of us should be living like the athletes that we see on TV. You know, they get done, they win the Super Bowl, they're like, you're the MVP, what do you want to say? First of all, I want to say, to God be the glory. And you're kind of like, for throwing a football? You know, and you're thinking that, but you're glad that they did it. You know why? Because they're saying, hey, God gave me the ability to do what I do. I exist on this earth, and I did something fun and great, but you know what? It's nothing. Everything's about him. My whole life is about him. I happen to play this sport, but it's all about him. So when you make your next sale and your manager comes up and says, good job, just say, first of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Come on, to God be the glory. Yeah, he deserves it. So, So Paul is saying it's a fact, whether you recognize it or not, To God be the glory. And then he's saying to all of us, let's get everyone to join in, realizing God is amazing. This whole earth is full of everything that points to how amazing he is. So the first thing we're hoping to do is to say to the world, hey, world, acknowledge. Acknowledge that God deserves the glory. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. He's the one that's set apart. He deserves the glory, and he deserves the praise. But how many know that the world wants to fight against that? They don't want to give him the glory. They don't want to say it's about him. Mankind fights over and over and over again to say it's about us, it's about me, it's about ours, it's not about him. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 23, he says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. The Apostle Paul was saying way back then that man is fighting to not give the glory to God. And the Apostle Paul is saying all of creation is showing how amazing God is. Everything in this earth points to how amazing God is, but man fights with everything within him to not give God the glory. He fights, and he he, he suppresses the truth. He looks to other things because he doesn't want to admit that God is holy and set apart and amazing. And if he is that, then we have to realize we're sinful, and we have to do something with this separation. So they try to not acknowledge that God deserves the glory. But I love this, that no matter how hard man tries to say God doesn't deserve the glory, they keep stumbling into things that give him the glory. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, scientists are like trying to figure out like, what is this about the the human code and all this? And they discovered DNA. And when they discovered DNA, Bill Clinton was our president at the time. And this is what Bill Clinton, he said, we have discovered the language in which God created life. And so here they are trying to figure out with DNA how to disprove God. And then Bill Clinton goes, we've just discovered the language in which God created life. And basically, DNA in our cell, is, is, it's the best way of forming and keeping information about your entire body, your entire being. And if you were to take a, a, a cell of DNA, if you were just take a little bit of DNA, it would stretch out to be six feet long. And scientists have discovered it's the most efficient form of information storage in the entire world. And they've discovered this. Matter of fact, if you were to take DNA and put it on a teaspoon... If you were to put DNA on a teaspoon, just imagine scooping out a scoop of peanut butter and that becoming DNA. If that was DNA, just a little scoop of peanut butter was all DNA, the amount of storage that could be in that little teaspoon of peanut butter of DNA is the amount of storage that would tell us about every animal that has ever been created in the entire history of the world, and it would have enough information to tell us every book that was ever created in the history of the world in one teaspoon of DNA. DNA screams, to God be the glory. It just screams it. And you say to the world, acknowledge it. Acknowledge, to God be the glory. And the world's like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to look for a different answer. They've just discovered, scientists have discovered what they're calling the God particle, And I don't know a lot about science, but I'll tell you what, as a pastor, when I'm looking through the headlines and it says they discover the God particle, how many know that catches my attention, you know? (laughs) So they discovered a subatomic particle that they say without it, creation could not happen because they're wondering how everything is held together because it doesn't make sense. All these things that should be repelling and fighting against each other, there has to be some particle that is holding things together and they've now named it the God particle, the thing that holds it all together and the word of God has said that he holds all things together. It's an amazing thing and it's screaming out, will you acknowledge it? You will, will you acknowledge to God belongs the glory? He deserves the praise, the honor, All it's all His. It's not yours. He's the one that is amazing, not us. Now we know from the Bible that they can see the glory of God. Romans says it, but also Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hands. I'm telling you that when you look at this scripture and you see it, you realize that when you're in this creation, it declares the signature of God, and it says he deserves the glory. When you saw mountains for the first time, if you've been able to see mountains in in person, I remember the first time I saw mountains, I just was like, wow. Wow. To God be the glory. That's incredible. Then the ocean. How many of you remember the first time you saw the ocean? I saw the ocean for the first time, and I thought, my faith needs to get bigger. God is bigger than I realize. I can tell you what, when I was diving in the Great Barrier Reef, and I was underneath there seeing all that, I was saying praises to God. To God be the glory. And no one else could hear me, but I was praising God with my scuba gear on. Those <laughs> bubbles were bursting at the surface saying, hallelujah, you know what I mean, whatever. They were going for it. When you're around things like that, you say, to God be the glory. And it doesn't even have to be amazing, big things like that. We have a hummingbird that's around our house. And when I see that thing just going, you know, buzzing around, I'm like, wow, to God be the glory. He created that thing. That's incredible. To God be the glory. You can see uh, that God is saying all throughout creation, give me the glory. I'm holy. I'm whole. I'm incredible. This is my signature here. I'm showing you who I am through all these things. Give me the praise. Give me the honor. That's what he's saying over and over through creation. Now with us, we're supposed to be a visual aid to how great God is. Did you know that when God saved you, he set you apart. And he said, you are now on mission with me, not just to attend, not just to sit there. You are on mission with me to show forth my glory to the world. Because you used to be an alcoholic, and now I've set you free, and you could show forth my glory, but I change people. You used to have a marriage that was a train wreck, and now I've saved you, and i put you on mission with me, and you're to be a visual aid. You used to chase after these things that were ungodly, and now I put you on mission with me, and you are a visual aid for me on how good I am, how great I am. You're to show forth the glory. You are a reflector of who I am. Now, here's what a lot of us do that's so wrong. Instead of saying, God, I'm on mission with you to show forth your glory, we say, God, I thank you for grace. How close to sin can I go and still get into heaven? He says, I want you to be a great reflection of how holy and perfect and amazing I am. And I want you to pursue holiness and to pursue how great I am. And I want you to give me the glory and honor and be more like me. But we say, how much can we stay to the things that we used to be? Can we stay here, Lord, and still get into heaven? And he's like, that's not why I saved you. I saved you to show forth my glory. I saved you so that you could go out in a world that's so dark and be a light of my glory of how great I am. And when you do your good deeds, when you do your good deeds and people say, wow, you're amazing, you're great, we can point the glory to God. When your neighbor says, man, you are an incredible neighbor, you are great, instead of saying, yes, I know I am, you know. (laughs) Again, you can give the glory to God and say, hey, I just thank God for changing me, and the only reason I came to shovel your driveway when it snowed is because God changed my life and made me not selfish, because otherwise, I would let you shovel your own driveway. All right. You give God the glory. You give God the glory and the praise. We are a visual aid for him. Let me read this quote that I found. It says, we cannot add to his glory, for he's already perfect and infinitely glorious, Rather, for us to glorify God means for us to ascribe the glory that is due His name in worship. It means that we acknowledge His glory by living as though His perfections are as serious and significant as they really are, so that we reflect His glory through a pure mirror. It means that nothing horrifies us more than the thought of bringing dishonor to His glorious name. When I used to leave the house as a teenage boy, my dad used to say to me, hey, what's your last name? I say, Ketterling, he said, yes, and that's a good name. Don't dishonor that name, now go have fun. God says to you, what's your last name? Christian, Christ follower, believer in Jesus Christ. Don't do anything that would dishonor his name. Pursue holiness. Pursue the presence of God so that when you go out into this world, you bring honor to his name. It says that nothing delights us more than to feel his pleasure as we live to the praise of his glory. It also means that we declare his glory among the nations, inviting others to join us in our love affair with his glorious perfection. Glorifying God thus consumes and defines every aspect of our life and witness as well as our worship. Following God, wanting to bring him the praise and him the honor, and wanting to deflect things to him should consume us. God, how much more can I pursue glory and honor to your name rather than living for myself? It's an amazing privilege that we're given to say, God, we get to bring people into the realization that you deserve the glory, you deserve the honor. A couple simple questions for this. You can ask yourself, can I do this and still bring glory to God's name? Another thing you could say, if I do this, will it enhance God's reputation in the world? You're wondering, should I do this or not? Will this make God's reputation go up or down? Another thing you can say, will those who watch me know that I know God through my behavior, or will I have to explain my behavior away later? Those are good things to say. If I'm to be a visual aid for God, how should I be living following God? And we listen to the Holy Spirit. One more thing. We can say to the world, look at the way we give glory to God by the way we worship. By the way we worship. And worship is more than just the songs we sing, but it's the way we reorganize our life around the priorities of God. It's the way we deal with the finances that he's entrusted to us. But it also is the way that the world can see when we come in here and sing our praises to God and worship, they can see that all the glory and all the praise and all the honor belongs to God. He's the one that's important, not us. And I'm telling you something, you know, you may bring a friend here and you may... uh, have them in worship with you and you're thinking, oh no, it's, it's worship time. I don't know if I should clap or if I should raise my hands or if I should get into the worship. It's okay to do that. I believe genuine worship, genuine praise is attractive to those that don't know God because they have nothing to worship. They have nothing to worship. And yet you can come in and worship and sing your praise. And I want to tell you this, when you do that, you're joining the heavens in singing the praises of God. Psalm 19, 1 through 4. I'll read it for you, and I already quoted it earlier, but I have another perspective on it. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Now I want to point this out. The psalmist says, The heavens declare the glory of the Lord, okay? We get it. When we see things, a lot of us think of that scripture. But when the psalmist wrote this, he was actually writing in a way saying, the heavens are singing the praises of God. The heavens are speaking the praises of God. Their voice, their chord, their chorus is going out to the world. Now he wrote it in a way that you'd think like, oh, he must have been writing it like, you know, in just an illustration, Okay, he wasn't really saying that the stars were praising God and the universe is a voice and is singing, was he? Or was he divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit to write it, not in a visual way, but in a way that we could hear it, and saying the heavens are actually speaking the praises of God. And modern technology would prove that the heavens are speaking and singing right now to the praise of God. Because of radio telescopes, we have been able to understand this, and Louis Giglio did like a two-hour sermon on this if you want more. But with radio telescopes, we have been able to understand that the heavens are singing that right now the stars and the galaxies are singing and emitting things because right now we are sending radio signals out into the galaxies saying, do you want to communicate to us? And so far nobody is talking back, okay, just so you know. But we're also listening. And in trying to listen for any intelligent being that would communicate to us, scientists have discovered that stars are speaking. And the Vela Pulsar, I want to have a picture of that. Go ahead and throw that on the screen. This star, the Vela Pulsar, go ahead, pull it down now, is out there. It's a highly magnetized neutron star, and it's oscillating on its axis 11 times a second. And with radio telescopes, they've been able to listen to the sound that this star is making. And I want you to hear what this star is now doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is singing the praise of God. Go ahead and do this. Go ahead and stop that. 24-7, that star is in the percussion system, and he's like, bang away, man. he just going for it. It is like fast worship, all right? But they're like, are you kidding me? The star is making noise. It's like part of a symphony. And they've actually done this where they put all these stars together. It sounds like just this huge orchestra playing. The heavens are declaring the glory of God. The heavens are singing his praise And they're saying, will you acknowledge that He's amazing, that He's holy, that it's all about Him? The heavens are praising God. I believe every wave that crashes on the shore, when you hear that, it's singing the praise of God. I think every bird that is out there chirping is singing the praise of God. And I think, here's the amazing thing, man has the opportunity to either sing the praise of God or sing the praise of man singing the praise of man is extremely shallow. Singing the praise of God joins in with all of creation and it says you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. You deserve the praise. It's all about you. It's not about us. You're holy. You're set apart. Matter of fact, another one of our songs says you are set apart. You are set apart. You are set apart. We're saying you're holy. You're holy. You're holy. And we're going to sing again today to God be the glory. To God be the glory. We have the opportunity to join with the heavens and sing with the stars and do that. They're not stopping. We have the option to be on or off or on or off. Let's be on right now. Let's be on right now. Let's take our praise and worship to another level and say, God, you deserve the glory and the honor and the praise. Can we stand all across this place? It's our opportunity to join what the psalmist said to have the word go forth the praise go forth to sing our praise to God and to say you deserve the glory you're beautiful you're magnificent you're holy you're incredible we join with the heavens and lift our praise to you let's do that now on, sing these words?
1: Lift it up. to God be the Lord
0: be half-hearted. If stars are singing your praise 24-7 and we have the choice to be on or off, we choose to be on. We choose to be on. We choose to lift the environment here that says we acknowledge that God is the Creator, the Holy One, the One that it's all about. We see it in creation. We will live it as a visual aid and God we will sing it in our praise and worship to you. We will lift up our voice. We will not just come in half-hearted in worship, but we will go all in. And so, God, I pray for a greater increase in our worship to give you the praise and the glory and the honor that you deserve. God, I pray instead of looking at people and wondering why they're so excited, we'd wonder why people aren't so excited. Why don't they want to clap their hands? Why don't they want to lift their voice? Why don't they want to raise their hands? Because you're so incredible and we're so small and significant and you still love us. That's incredible. You're amazing and I pray that we'd worship you the way you deserve to be worshipped God. And God before we go I pray for our worship team. I pray for them. I pray for a greater level of anointing on them. I pray that they'd use their gifts and talents and God as you increase their platform we thank you for that but we pray that we will support them in prayer we will support them in prayer we will thank you for the gift that they are to this body recognizing their gift has a platform for the whole body of Christ and with that now we commit to lifting them up in prayer and not just saying go do your own thing but we send them forth from this church with a blessing from here with a covering from here with prayer support from here saying God as they use their gift to bring glory to your name God we will support them we will pray for them we will just be covering them with that Lord so we thank you God and I just pray for an anointing to raise up another generation behind them and another generation behind them To have a voice to sing the praises of God. To write praise and worship with a depth that pulls people into a greater understanding of you. Thank you God. We thank you again for the ability to use them and we just say God use them to build your kingdom, your church all around the world. Thank you Jesus. To you belongs the glory and the honor and the praise. Help our lives to reflect that to this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.